This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham, we have made it to a Friday. And to my knowledge, every single Friday we've done this show, we have streamed live on the ESPNN. ESPN app. <laughs> Swear to God we have. Uh, number for the show is 844-SAY-ACCN. Mark Packer, West Durham. Uh, the dogs are here. There's no Robert. There's no Captain Ron. There's no Otto. Uh, there's no 100-degree temperatures. We're only 99, but with humidity. That's what we got going on. And uh, we also have the ACC dominating the NBA draft last night, West Durham. It was the Duke Invitational, wasn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah. And we expected uh, about as much last night. Uh, Six players from the Atlantic Coast Conference selected in the first round last night. Uh, Most of any other major conference uh, over the evening. Coach K uh, ends up having uh, another overall number one pick. Seth Greenberg told us yesterday he thought Paolo Bancaro would go number one to Orlando. That was um, probably contrary to most of the speculation that had led up to last night. But in fact, the, uh, the freshman from Seattle, Washington and O'Day does go number one to the Orlando Magic last night. So he was the headliner. Uh, the next one was Mark Williams and then A.J. Griffin. And then Jake LaRavia Pack, who remember yesterday we said might be on the line of round one to round two. Well, he was comfortably in round one when he went 19th last night to the Timberwolves in that first round. So it ended up being a really nice evening for the Atlantic Coast Conference and some dreams realized by these young men for sure. Uh, yeah, but four Duke players go in the first round. Uh, Wendell Moore Jr. ended up going mm-hmm. to Houston. Of course, it looks like he's going to get traded to Minnesota. Nevertheless, he was picked uh, 26th. Blake Wesley from Notre Dame went uh, right before him. Uh, but Duke was really the story last night. As far as the draft is concerned, I mean, not only do you have the number one overall Mm -hmm. player, the 12th time that's happened in ACC history, uh, but the fact that now Duke with four guys picked in the first round, and it's happened four times in ACC history. Duke's done it twice. North Carolina's done it twice. Uh, You mentioned with Coach Mm -hmm. K, that was a first from that perspective, which was kind of cool going back to, again, 99 uh, when they had uh, four in the first. So. You know, at the end of the night, like you said, good for everybody. Hopefully, everybody has an awesome career. There were a couple names, though, that we did not see drafted, uh, which caught my eye. I mentioned Alondis Williams to you yesterday. I was going to be kind of curious to see where that happens or does not happen. It turned out Alondis Williams, the ACC Player of the Year, was not drafted last night. And neither, neither was Mr. Sebron from NC State. Uh, and there was a lot of right. speculation he was going to be a second-round pick, but that did not happen. Um, so kind of curious to see how those careers, you know, morph into the fact that they just because you weren't drafted doesn't mean you can't have an NBA career. Those are two really, really talented guys. But it was a good night for the Atlantic Coast Conference from that perspective. Um, but I mentioned, you know, six guys in the first round. And going back to Duke again, you know, I kept thinking, mm-hmm. uh, watching the names pop up. That's a team that didn't win the ACC tournament, obviously got to the Final Four, didn't close the deal. Uh, did finish in first mm-hmm. place in the ACC regular season, which was the first time Coach K pulled that off since, what, 2010. It was kind of a crazy stretch of Duke not winning the regular season. And, Wes, it just right. goes to show you, when we were just talking about College World Series, how hard it is to win the tournament, it's hard to win and to be a national champion. 
you know, at the end of the day, yep. yeah, you got to have really good players. Yeah, you got to have really good coaches, but you got to be lucky too, right? The ball's got to bounce right. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if we're talking football, basketball, baseball. You pick it. I don't care what the sport is. You got to have really good players, but man, you got to have a little sense of fate, destiny, and luck your way too. That's exactly right, and I think that's a that's a well made point. The uh, the way it works out individually is oftentimes curious. Uh, Darion Sebron, of course, just a freak of an athlete, great size, uh, skill set, things like that. He ended up signing a two way deal with the New Orleans Pelicans, according to. Sham Sharania of the uh, of the Athletic uh, last night, and then Alondis Williams signs a two way with the Brooklyn Nets, also reported first by the folks at the Athletic. So, you know, it it, it comes in a different variety of ways. Um, by the way, the, it, it seems like if those reports are true, that the minute those guys went undrafted, there were teams ready to sign them. So. In, in perspective, they're going to get an equal slice of this. In other words, the reason they're signed so quickly last night is they're going to go, they're going to have an opportunity to go to summer league with those respective teams. And really, that's where the evaluation process becomes more of a premium, too, is how they go, how they do in summer league. I know that's what helped Jose Alvarado last year. I know it's what helped Moses Wright kind of get a good foundation set. But in the case of the guys drafted last night, I think you have to appreciate the the impact that like a, a Mark Williams had in two years, a Wendell Moore had in what three pack. Um, you, you start looking at just the way that Duke team was, and it and you don't have you know the national championship, you don't have the ACC tournament title, but you certainly respect the individual accomplishments of those guys and the and the top line players they are. But it also blends back into something we're going to get into this morning about Seth Greenberg saying the league is back because a year ago, you know, we, man, the draft, fine, but we weren't sure what ACC basketball was going to be this year. Two years ago, we were really kind of empty going into the pandemic and you had the deal in Orlando take place and then the draft remotely and everything. Now, all of a sudden, it feels like things have kind of gotten back to normal a little bit. And with Green Coach Greenberg's statements yesterday, and, you know, some of the numbers we found through research, it's it's really kind of interesting to look and, and just see the impact that some of these returning players could have. But you're right about the, the kids last night. It's it's a dream realized. And, you know, you hope their college is a is a, a premium piece of their playing experience and careers. You know, I'm going to tie two sports together here. We're operating at such a crazy standard in this conference when it comes to basketball. Uh, for everybody, for the narrative, mm-hmm. the ACC is back and all that kind of stuff. You know, remind me again, there were two teams in the Final Four from this conference, right? Yeah. There were three teams in right. this league in the Elite Eight. I mean, you know, when you hear that we're back, it's this is not Texas football that hasn't won a freaking thing mm-hmm. since Vince Young left town. You know, this is a league that every year is the standard. I mean, doesn't mean it's the best right. every year, but it's, you know, you measure yourself – around the country about how good do you think your league is? Well, how good's the ACC? That's how it works. And I've told you this before. We're spoiled rotten in this in this part of the world that follows ACC hoops. I mean, this was the 14th consecutive year the conference had three number of three first round picks, 14 straight years. For 34 consecutive years, there's been at least one ACC player drafted in the first round. It kind of reminds me mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, the blowhard media folks 
They keep talking about, oh, Clemson's toast. It's over. The program's done. Dabo's old news. You know, look how bad they were. They won 10 games last year. I mean, you know how hard it is to win 10 games in college football? It's hard. Mm. How about doing it 11 straight years? So my point is with all this, the narrative is really funny to me from a national perspective. And it's easy for me to sit here in the, in the basement and look back because we do talk from a national perspective. The league really never went anywhere. It, did it dip? Oh, yeah. Based on our standards, on our standards, it dipped. Right. But right. the point of it is that the bar has been set so high for so long, that's how you measure it. And it's just like Clemson football. Hey, you know what? 10 and 3, and you'd have some people in the media uh, trying to put dirt on the grave. It's like, wake up and get in the real world a second. I mean, seriously, get in the real world. How hard is mm-hmm. it to win 10 games? How hard is it to put three guys in the first round of the NBA draft? Well, the ACC's done it 14 years in a row. Boy, the league's right. really down. Really? Well, there were t- half the Final Four came from this conference. I mean, how how bad could the league possibly be? So I, I go back to that same old standard. Sometimes everybody's looking for the hot take to throw something up against the wall mm-hmm. so they could sit there and say, man, see how many clicks I got? Boy, I got more Twitter followers, and boy, they use this on SportsCenter or whatever the case may be. How about just taking a step back and putting things in perspective? I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe you don't get as many clicks. That's cool. But, you know, having some credibility certainly helps at the end of the day. So I think from an ACC yeah. standpoint, is the league back? Well, I don't know. We'll find out next year when we roll the ball out and find out how good everybody is. But I will tell you this. You want to find out how good your league is? Go measure it up with what this group's going to do. You may be better. You might be. But you know what? Mm-hmm. For decade mm-hmm. upon decade upon decade upon decade, this is the standard. And I thought last night was kind of indicative for a conference that was so bad. There were actually some idiots in the media who thought the league was going to get one bid in the NCAA tournament. That was an actual conversation this calendar year. I mean, get a clue. Mm -hmm. Get a life. I mean, credibility should matter for what you do for a living. So, again, I thought last night was just nothing more than, hey, it's the ACC being the ACC. And for a program like Duke, four guys in the first round, I mean, that's, that says all you need to say. Like that K knows what he's doing in terms of talent evaluation. And again, as you pointed out, this is an individual thing last night. Uh, I, I thought that what Seth said yesterday regarding the futures market is exactly correct. I hope all these guys have mm-hmm. great careers. I don't care what school you went to. I don't care what league you play in. I hope all those guys are great. But that's why we keep score, Wes. And I think what you see is uh, you see player development in this. I mean, obviously, you're talking about three kids that are uh, that are first year guys: Bancaro, William, or well, Bancaro, Griffin, and Wesley, all first year guys. Wendell Moore, I think, is a is a terrific story to be a first round pick because you know it it kind of flies in the face of the theory that you got to get you know you can't get old in college basketball because everybody thinks you've gotten your your career's already been kind of stated. But for him to go 26 and then uh, ultimately traded to Minnesota, I think the other part, too, is LaRavia is an interesting story here uh, because Jake was at Indiana State and he was a good player. He came to play for Steve Forbes and he became a great player. And let's be honest, a couple of weeks ago, you know, it didn't look like first round was going to happen. But yet those workouts that you hear about, um, they count. And his stock went up. And even though he was originally drafted by the Timberwolves, traded to Memphis, 
I mean, he, he seems to be exactly what Memphis looks for in terms of transition-based stuff. So that'll be good. And then, Pac, I got to tell you, I love Williams coming to play for the Bugs there in Charlotte. I think that is a terrific pick. I really do with P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges and uh, all the things they've got, the pieces they've got. It's, that's, a, that's a really, really good pick. And I'm excited to see how long he plays and just how impactful he can be at the next level. You can't coach what he brings to the table, by the way. I mean, the length and the impact he can do defensively and certainly his ability to finish around the rim, I think will really help Mark Williams going forward. That could be big for you. That'd be next time your feet on the floor there at the Spectrum Center. It could be a solid experience. I, I'm, hey, I love a parade, Wes. I love a parade. Anytime... It doesn't matter if it's the Panthers, the Hornets, you know, we have CHA. We we have, uh, yeah, we have CHA. Uh, You know, we got professional soccer here now. Uh, Anytime. Yeah. Any, I've been here a long time. Uh, Anytime they're ready to have that championship parade, I want to be a part of it. I can't wait to have a front row seat. So I hope Mark Williams has a great run. Uh, It's been kind of cool between the NFL draft and the NBA draft. Uh, Tobacco Road is supplying the new stars for the uh, Charlotte sports scene. We got Icky and the pancake mm-hmm. syrup. In fact, I got the syrup right over there behind my shoulder. Uh, so he's coming in from NC State to take care of business with Matt Rule. And now uh, Mark Williams is going to come in to take care of business for whoever happens to want the job uh, to coach the Hornets. So uh, we'll see what happens on that front. There you go. Uh, we got plenty to go today. Adam Rittenberg going to join us at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going to look ahead a little bit, uh, some of the work he's done as, uh, as we head in kind of to the uh, transition from list season to talking season uh, in the next couple of weeks. 8.30, Frank Signetti Jr. is going to be here, um, the offensive coordinator now at Pittsburgh, formerly of Boston College. We will talk to him about the uh, Keaton Slovis maturation process with what he wants to do offensively. 9 o'clock, call your attention to the return of H.B. Ives to this process. How about that, Pac? Brian Ives' triumphant return to uh, Packer and Durham on show 654 here today. 13th appearance for Brian Ives. Frank Signetti actually joined us once as the uh, man running the show up mm-hmm. here at Boston College. Like you said, makes his debut right. with us as a Pitt OC. You know, that's going to be a homecoming of mm-hmm. sorts. He's been back to Pitt, from Pitt. And uh, so we'll see what happens on yep. that front. I know he'd like to probably have Kenny Pickett one more year. He's not going to get that luxury. However, there are quarterbacks in the stable at Pittsburgh. So we'll talk about that with uh, Frank. And, of course, Adam Rittenberg, we can get in all kinds of stuff with Adam. He's great. Tremendous. Yeah. Um, so when we come back, uh, more on the return of ACC hoops. And in this hour, the best title hopes ahead for your school in 22-23. Greenberg said yesterday the ACC is back. And he wasn't talking about guys gone last night. He's talking about guys coming back. We'll do a deep dive on hoops next after this. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham, 844-SAY-ACCN. Good night for the ACC. Congratulations to all the gentlemen selected last night. Seven in all from the conference. Six in the first round, four from Duke. And as I mentioned, uh, 
14 straight years of at least three players drafted in the first round of the NBA mm-hmm. draft. 34 consecutive years, the ACC has had at least one player in the first round of the NBA draft. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yep. It's all. It could be a nice boilerplate, too. Um, with the guys last night leading in to next year in the Atlantic Coast Conference basketball. Remember now, our story this past year was pretty rocky until we got to the NCAA tournament and in particular to the second weekend of the tournament, right, Packer? When you had three in the final eight and then you had two in the final four, you had a chance of getting a third in the final four in New Orleans, but Kansas beat Miami, of course, in Chicago. But then yesterday on this show, Seth Greenberg went a place that I'm not sure I expected him to go. Maybe you did. But I'll tell you what, he went and said it. If I was the league, my marketing, my marketing program would be really simple. We're back. ACC basketball, we're back. Wow. Hmm. Fast. Here we are back. Here is the only thing I'm going to say. Every time I hear we're back, I, I, I get nervous. And here's why I say that. Because, you know, Seth's entitled to his okay. opinion. He's a smart guy. I've heard it with Texas football for God knows how long. We're back. You guys aren't back. You know why? I well, know they came not- back yesterday, too, by the way. They came back yesterday. They didn't come back yesterday. They didn't come back. You know when they're back? Here's when you're back. Let me answer the question. Here's when I know you're back. When you don't have to tell me. That's when you're back. Mm -hmm. I've heard it with Miami football for a long time. We're back. The U's back. You don't have to tell me that. You know why? Because I will know when you're back. You, you You don't need to give me a campaign. You don't need to give me a slogan. And every time I hear Texas fans go, we're back, I just start laughing. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm laughing. Like, you know what? When I see you in the college football playoff, okay. When I see you finally start beating Oklahoma on a consistent basis, okay. When I start seeing you every year, year in a bad year is a New Year's Day six game, okay. And ditto for Miami. I'm not just picking on the Big 12 mm-hmm. here. I'll say the same thing about Miami. Same deal. You don't have to tell me you're back. Just go do it. And with ACC basketball, like I just said 10 minutes ago, the conference is normally the standard by which you judge how good you think your league is. Now, last year, for our standard, Wes, it was down. We said that during the course of the season. But you know what happens? The biggest time of the year is March. It's when you really, really pay attention to the scoreboard. And the ACC, quite frankly, was the premier league in college basketball in the month of March. You know why I know that? Mm -hmm. Because you watched it. You saw it. We kept score. You didn't need a slogan. I mean, you didn't. And so, again, I I get where uh, Seth is coming from because I do think the conference is – I think the question I asked to him was, it feels like the conference from a talent standpoint is in a much better place than it was just a year ago. You and I had these conversations a year ago about basketball going, man, I see a lot of talent heading out. I don't know what's coming in, and I want to see what a roster looks like in the middle of October. Well, that turned out to be mm-hmm. prophetic, to be honest with you, because that's kind of what happened. We got off to a slow start as a conference, 4-16 and 16 against ranked yep. teams early in terms of that non-conference slate, and the narrative was set that, oh, man, the ACC stinks. 
Well, the only way you change that narrative, how many times we said it, is to win. And that's precisely what happened in the month of March. Yeah. All right. So how do you put these numbers in perspective going to 22-23 based on what we know? So Mark Torvik, who kind of compiles some of this stuff, has done it. Um, the ACC, on average, is going to return about 50% of its minutes from last season. And in the volatile world of college basketball, of the portal and, you know, going to the draft and things like that, that is second to the Pac-12, ahead of the Big East, ahead of the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC. Okay, that's one way to look at it. So, the note that Bart puts together, though, that really gets me packed, only three schools don't return a double-digit score from last year. And it felt like a couple of years ago when we were kind of out there in no man's land that that was one of the markers, you know, where you just couldn't find anybody that had kind of proven to be a scorer. Now, next year, only Duke, Georgia Tech, and Louisville do not return a double-digit score. Now, that's three interesting schools to bring up in this topic. But Boston College, Carolina, and Virginia return three double-figure scores each. Interesting, too, because we talked about what Earl Grant did this year. They were much more balanced. But here's the percentage of double-digit scores returning, period, across the board. 50%? That's pretty strong, by the way. That's a big number in today's college basketball. Yeah, that's a huge number. Uh, And here's the other thing, too, that you don't know that's got to be thrown in the equation. Transfers. I mean, who, who are you bringing in from outside that can become mm-hmm. Brady Manic part two, right? That can give you that offensive mm-hmm. jolt because there's going to be some guys. But like I said yesterday with Seth, and you and I have discussed this, from a talent standpoint, I think the conference is light years ahead of where it was a year ago, and that's a good sign. So yeah. I, I think, you know, I don't know about the whole we're back thing because I don't think the ACC ever left. Um, but I think the conference <laughs> is going to be tremendous next year in hoops. I do. And again, we're not, All right, we're we not told- fast-forwarding past football. We're just got basketball in the brain based on the NBA draft yeah. last night. Okay. And here's one to also tie you over. Highest percentage of returning scores individually, school-wise, in the country. Okay? There are three ACC schools on this list of 10. The top 10 – Returning schools in terms of scoring percentage. TCU's at 92%. Jamie Dixon's done a nice job down there recently, by the way. Good coach. Virginia, Boston College, North Carolina, and and Notre Dame without Blake Wesley, still 64%. Why? Because Dane Goodwin's back, Nate Leshesky's back. It's also without Paul Atkinson coming back. I mean, that is a... And remember, they've got a terrific freshman coming in in J.J. Starling, two-pack. Notre Dame's not going anywhere. Well, they finished tied for second in the regular season. Uh, Yesterday, Seth Greenberg, when I said, all right, we know about North Carolina with four or five starters returning. And give me the Mm -hmm. best of the rest. And again, it's June. Keep in mind, it's June. That, that, That answer could change a bunch. You never know. But his answers were Virginia, obviously, with all the returning starters. Duke, because they recruited such a ridiculous level to bringing in the number one class. And the other team he mentioned was Notre Dame. 
And for a lot of folks, maybe your eyebrows raised when he said that. But I think those numbers that you just saw on the screen kind of reinforce what Seth Greenberg was talking about yesterday. Those four should be very, very mm-hmm. good. And you got a team like Florida State, and you know Leonard's going to have guys. Last year was kind of a blip on the radar screen. I expect Florida State to be back too. So I think the league will be very, very good in men's basketball next year. I really do. And I think North Carolina could be the, very well be the team to beat. And this is just a small sampling kind of of what's transpired in terms of roster evaluation and that turnover we see, right? And and I'll just say this. I feel a little bit better. Well, I don't feel a little bit better. I feel a lot better about going to the summer now than I did the summer a year ago, right? Don't you? I think I just said that. I mean, a year ago, we were worried about yeah. the lack of talent. It's one thing to lose talent. Okay, cool. Uh, how do you reinforce that? I mean, what, what's the next? Right. You just didn't see it coming in. You saw a lot of it going out. This year feels, mm-hmm. like I said, completely different than it was a year ago. Totally different. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to watch and see who else emerges. I mean, we can show you Virginia and B.C. and Carolina and Notre Dame. You know Duke's got a terrific recruiting class. You know that NC State brings back a, an explosive score in Terquavion Smith. You know that Wake Forest has guys coming back. Um, you know Virginia Tech brings back the outstanding player from the tournament in Hunter Couture. Um, I mean, Louisville's done well recruiting-wise. Uh, we talked about Clemson, Hall. P.J. Hall being healthy. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stars now on, like, every roster. So, well, here's, um, here's the other thing, really, too. really, really going to be interesting. A, a team like Miami, who's done a great job in the transfer portal. You know mm-hmm. Jim Laranega can coach. I mean, for folks to discount Miami in that conversation, just like they did a year ago when the media picked them, what, 12th or 13th? The next thing you know, you're thinking, man, they might right. win the regular season. Uh, much less get to the Elite Eight. So uh, if you don't think Jim Laranaga doesn't have a couple more tricks up his sleeve as far as abracadabra, let me show you how I can flat out coach. You'd right. be crazy. The league's going to be really, really good. Man, it's just the way it is. Yep. yep. Uh, so anyway, inside look at what's ahead in ACC basketball. Uh, when we come back, the uh, what team at each ACC school has the best chance to win a national championship next year? We do a little bit of a deep dive across the divisions here. We'll start with the Atlantic when we come back. The land of expectation going to next season is next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham on a Friday. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. Adam Rittenberg comes up here in about uh, top of the hour, 8, p- 8 a.m. Be good to go. All right. Uh, the conference- Like one of them lucky boy burritos this morning in Pasadena. That might be a good idea. Kevin Parada, in case you missed it at 815, on lucky boy burrito. Dude, I-, I saw a picture of those yesterday. Those looked spectacular. I I know, but I, yeah, I went to the I went to the website after the show. Those lucky boy burritos out there! Oh my god! I mean, I got. I, mean, I was so hungry. That's why I asked him about. He was doing the if you missed it, he was doing his interview uh, from the kitchen of his home, his parents' home. And I was starving <laughs> yesterday because I, I had a terrible sleeping night, and I got up at two in the two in the morning. And so by the time we were doing mm-hmm. that interview at nine thirty, it felt like lunchtime. In fact, it was lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And that kitchen yep. just reminded me of food. And when he started talking about Lucky Boy burritos out there in Pasadena, I had to check that out after the program. And God, they look good. 
Yeah. Next next Rose Bowl trip, I believe I might have to make an appearance. <laughs> there is a Rose Bowl appearance. Just saying. Yeah. But he was great. There you go. Good dude. Uh, he was good. Kevin Parada coming up uh, also in the 8 o'clock hour in case you missed it. Gene Chizik uh, in, the, in the 9 o'clock hour and another ICYMI. Okay. Um, we said going to break. We're going to kind of cannonball into the pool of speculation here. We're going to project what team at each ACC school has the best chance of winning a national championship next season and the sport, the applicable sport, if you will. Um, and we're going to start in the Atlantic. Wait a minute. And wait, we're going to go- wait, 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 wait. I think we should make sure that people understand that this calendar year, the 21-22 sports year, which will end officially with the College World Series, which will be Oklahoma and Ole Miss. It will have nothing to do with the ACC. Hmm. But the right. conference, the ACC has won seven national championships mm-hmm. this year. That is tied with the Big 12 for the most of any league in terms of team national champions. So it's an ACC Big right. 12 thing, but the Big 12 can break the tie if Oklahoma knocks off uh, Ole Miss. It's, again, bets two out of three. So keep in mind where the conference is done from a national championship standpoint, it is tied for first place with the Big 12 and only the Big 12. Right. So that spurred mm-hmm. the conversation of, okay, let's crystal ball the upcoming 22-23 calendar year and your particular team in the ACC or sport, what what's the go-to? Well, who's got the best shot of your favorite team in terms of winning a natty for next year? So that was the premise behind the thinking here. That is, in fact, the premise. That is correct. Right. So we're going to start in the Atlantic. Uh, Boston College is first on this docket. And it's easy to say this, that maybe their best chance – is with Acacia Walker Weinstein and uh, and women's lacrosse. Pack. I think so. I do. And again, I know Charlotte North superstar gone, all that stuff. But man, that's a real program. They're mm-hmm. terrific, uh, consistently good. But so is the league, right? So is the league. So if yep. it's not BC, it's probably going to be somebody else from the Atlantic Coast Conference. But yeah, I think if you're talking Boston College sports. Who's got the best chance to win an Addy next year? I, I do think this would be selection one. I don't think there's a 1A, 1B, 1C. I think this is number one. Yep. So, uh, BC, who won it two years ago. Uh, there's Jen Medjid, of course, who was a big part of their success. Bell Smith, uh, players of that nature. All right, let's go to Clemson. The easy one here is football. Yep, Clemson going to have a chance to win the national championship. Sure, they're probably going to be in the top 10 somewhere to start the year. They will have plenty of runway if they continue to be successful to be in the conversation to win the national championship. But is there another program? Absolutely. What John John Rittman has done in softball there uh, deserves a nod. And he has one of the better players in the ACC in Valerie Cagle. Yeah, why not? I mean, seriously. Uh, ACC softball is smoking right now. We know about Florida State. Virginia Tech had a spectacular year. Notre Dame's really good. Duke's got their program rolling, and so does Clemson. So, yeah, I don't think that's a reach to think that that's a team that can get to Oklahoma City and make some noise, and maybe, hey, if the ball bounces right, get a little luck, some good stuff can happen. And uh, being biased in this particular case, I would throw men's golf in there, but I won't waste your time with that because it's kind of a given, isn't it, Wes? 
Kind of a given. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand. Um, Florida State is next. And I tell you what, what we just saw um, kind of in the spring from Florida State might lend itself to men's track and field pack as being a national championship contender next year. Uh, men finished fourth, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's uh, again, we've had national champion individuals. Trey Cunningham comes to mind. Uh, love watching that mm-hmm. dude go, man. Those hurdles, he flies. Again, we, I still have that outgoing bet with him that I can eat a Krispy Kreme donut by the time he goes uh, six point whatever seconds and 60 meters in the hurdles. <laughs> but the track and field's legit at FSU now. There's no question about that. They can certainly do that. And that's not the only sport. Yeah. No, there's uh, there's more for sure at Florida State. I would add also, um, you're talking about softball. What Lonnie Alameda and Florida State have done there is phenomenal. Um, and even though there's been a coaching change, I would still say women's soccer Without is question. a major contender as well for the Knowles Without for a national a, title. Without a doubt. Yeah, there's been a coaching transition. Coach Krikorian did such a great job there. Uh, but to think Florida State's swimming soccer program is just going to flounder, you're out of your mind. They're going to be outstanding. Yep. So those are the three that come to mind with uh, with Florida State. Sydney Sherrill, of course. And then this soccer team that won the national championships on PKs. Just a phenomenal performance last year and a great tradition uh, that Florida State has not just in the ACC, but nationally as well. All right, next is Louisville. And for the cards, uh, we kind of do a little bit of a, a roundabout. In the fall, you're probably talking about volleyball. Danny Busman Kelly's done a terrific job. Obviously, they go to the Final Four. They've, they've had great success over, uh, over the last few years for sure. So women's volleyball would be one. I think Dan McDonald, we talked about the 40-plus wins that Louisville baseball has had on a continuous basis. And then you cannot forget Jeff Walls and women's basketball in this conversation as it relates to a potential national championship going to the Final Four this year in Minneapolis. Totally agree with all three of those. Um, Again, Jeff Walls' program is a standard. Expect them to be good. They always are. And to get to a Final Four is no big deal. Been there, done that. The key is now can they close it one of these times? Eventually they will. If you keep knocking that door down, eventually you get your time. Louisville is certainly good enough to be in that front. Uh, baseball, again, Coach Mack, always good, man. Right? Just They're just good. Mm-hmm. Just the way it is. And I know they came yep. up short at Texas A&M in the Super Regional. But uh, this is a really good baseball program. And with the talent they get and the way they recruit, uh, they're not going anywhere. Totally agree with you, 100%. And the uh, fighting Katie Georges, uh, ever since she laid down the foundation, I mean, volleyball has just taken off at Louisville. And last year was just a special, special year. And to think that they can't get back to a Final Four and perhaps win it, that's not a crazy thought. It's not even a reach. That could certainly yeah. happen. Yeah, no question whatsoever. So uh, that covers it kind of with Louisville. Let's go to NC State. Uh, one of the same sports as we had with Louisville in there, and that's certainly women's basketball for the Wolfpack. Uh, they're going to lose some critical pieces here, but at the same time, you feel like uh, you feel like Westmore's got enough of a tradition and enough of a foundation built that they can be successful. Now, three straight ACC titles, Pack. That's pretty strong. 
Hey, maybe the committee will let him play in Raleigh for the uh, regionals next year. Just ask him. I don't know where those are going to be, but um, don't want to beat up on the NCAA committee. It's a great team. Great program. West has got it going on. Recruits are out of sight. Uh, again, Louisville, NC State. I mentioned yesterday Notre Dame. We'll get to the Irish later in the show. But I think Notre Dame basketball mm-hmm. is getting ready to join that mix and make three at the very top. And I think you could probably throw North Carolina in there too. So we'll get to all these teams. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing with this list, Wes, is it, no matter what team you root for in the league, if you're watching us and we're going to get to your school, I know what's going to happen. You're going to sit there and you're going to watch us give one or two or whatever we decide to come up with here, which we have. And you're going to go, well, how in the world did you guys leave off A, B, C, D, E, F, and G? Everybody thinks yeah. they're going to win the national yeah. championship in every yeah. sport. And again, I think you've got to be somewhat realistic. But we're going to give you the ones who have the best chance to close the deal and bring back some hardware. That's right. Yep. Uh, so women's basketball at NC State. How about men swimming and diving and the job Braden Holloway does there, huh? Of course. Um, I mean, they are dominant in Raleigh. They do a terrific job. So we will certainly pencil in the Wolfpack there as a contender. Can't argue I mean, that one. Just done a ter- They've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Syracuse is next hey, on West, our cover West, of the Atlantic here. Wes, 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 Now, I just pontificated about a fan base watching the show screaming at us in this list do you believe there's anybody in wolfpack nation going excuse me excuse me uh football have have you guys ever heard of dave dorn uh excuse me uh, a week ago our quarterback who's going to win the heisman had the quarterback snake on pack in his own house Uh, are you guys not going to mention nc state in a national championship? I mean, Joe Giglio's probably already had him winning yeah. three or four in the past, but I'm talking about this upcoming year. Are we going to throw NC State football on that list or not? That's a preseason top mm-hmm. 10, according to some. Even some at ESPN yeah. have them in the preseason top 10. I'm just asking. Yeah. Um, I got a tweet yesterday. Uh, wait a minute. You didn't um, answer my question. By, you can't say you got I'm, a tweet. That's got well, nothing, let me, let nothing me, to do an wait. answer to the question. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Hang on. Got a tweet yesterday about 4.30 in the afternoon from Benjamin Orman, who said to me, at Mark Packer, at West Durham, I hear y'all still sleeping on Devin Leary. My gosh, what else does this guy have to do? But y'all love y'all some Sam Hartman and Tyler Van Dyke, two squads that will struggle to get to a bowl. Shake my head. Is this guy <laughs> Is this guy um, – under the influence? Does he not have television? I mean, what, what's he talking about? I replied to Pac, I replied to him and I said, not on our show, but thanks for watching anyway. I didn't get that tweet. In the world. I didn't get that tweet. Well, that's because after he, uh, after he tweeted it, it was deleted. Oh, wonder why. <laughs> Maybe he realized, oops. Oops. Wrong, wrong program. Whoever that guy is, I don't right. know what he's talking about. Maybe I'll just drink from my Devin Leary cup. Mug, yeah, there you go. See? There you have it. <laughs> hey, I think this guy left some bourbon in there. Well, here's the thing. And I will put NC State in that discussion. But And I know the Wolfpack Nation sitting there, what about us in football? What about us in football? And this goes back to kind of what we were talking a little bit about 
they're now in that July focus that other schools have been in before. But the curious part for NC State, and in all honesty, this is the trick. Pac, you know this. They got to carry the water in September, right? You oh. cannot let that top 10 or whatever that number is in July become something else by the end of September. Yeah, I.e. Carolina a year ago. I.e. Clemson losing a couple times a year ago. You got to carry it in September, October, November, and December if you're going to be that team. Right. I mean, there's a reason Mm -hmm. NC State hasn't won the ACC football championship since 1979. You know why? You have to close. You got to close. Right. So absolutely. uh, There are going to be a lot of people eyeballing the Wolfpack uh, more so than maybe ever before. I mean, this is a team that Mm -hmm. if I sit NC State fan, say, raise your hand. How many times you've seen NC State finish, finish in the top 10? Well, how about starting there? Or at least in the neighborhood. So there is going to be a right. ton of pressure on the Wolfpack. But I think they're experienced enough to go, okay, we can deal right. with it. We, we know what's coming our way. So let's go play. Especially when you have a guy I mean, like Devin Leary, a quarterback. Absolutely. And I think the trick with NC State to be on this list as a football potential national champion, okay, is to don't worry about the long game and instead play week to week and stay focused because that's what your football team's doing. If you're a fan base, that's fine. Get it from one game to the next. Don't project to the end of September. Don't project to mid-October. Don't project all the way through November. It's hard for fans to understand this sometimes, but the best characteristic of successful football teams is their ability, as you know, packed to move from week to week. Yeah. I mean, for years, you've talked to coaches during game week. Yeah. And almost to a man, the most successful ones will not deviate from the Saturday ahead of them, right? They'll, they'll review the previous one, but they don't want to go beyond the next one. And that's because that's the kind of focus and intention to detail it takes to be successful. Look, I think for fans and media, you can jump around and speculate and cannonball in that pool and do all those other things. But the reality of it is the best characteristic of NC State's football team right now might be its experience all over the field and the continuity of its coaching staff. I really do believe that that counts in this. And they got a dynamite staff and they've got an experienced football team. Can they stay healthy? It's always a factor with any of these discussions. And let's be honest, the other piece is we talked about this in two days with Gilio. Can they run the football? If they can run the football, they're going to be something to handle when this season begins. Because you you felt better when you had Bam Knight there. You know Jordan Houston. You've had guys in the past. But if they can run the football to set up Devin Leary in the throw game, they're going to be a real, real problem offensively. Not just in the ACC. They're going to be a problem for a lot of people. Because I think you and I both agree they've got three levels of talent and experience on the defensive side. And that is also where this counts. Yeah, so that's why I bring NC State football into this conversation. Because I know that if we discounted it, believe me, people would be screaming. And NC State's going to get a lot of love between now and the opening kickoff. I'm just telling you. Get ready for it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, get ready. I mean, but at the same time, a lot of expectation and a lot of hype. That means there is a lot on the line for NC State. And they're one, fortunately for the ACC, they're one of two or three schools, four maybe, 
if you roll everybody together, that are going to have some national sauce going into August, and that's important for the league. That's why I said with the the Clemson example in the first segment, um, hey, it's hard to win 10 games, especially when people expect you to win 10. Uh, And anybody that says, hey, you can get the double digits, and you think, oh, man, you guys had a stunk. You stunk it up. Man, you got to get a clue. It is hard Mm -hmm. to get to double digits in college football. It really is. There you go. All right, take – Take a break. When we come back, we'll kind of wrap up a little bit on the Atlantic. Look ahead to the Coastal. Adam Rittenberg coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, We'll be talking college football future rankings. We'll do that and more. Packer and Durham on a Friday here on ACCN. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham on a Friday. Thank goodness the weekend's here, just about. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. We continue to crystal ball the 22-23 year as far as does your team, does your school Mm -hmm. have an opportunity as a national champion in a respective sport for the upcoming season? And uh, we did not quite finish the Atlantic Division, Wes. Let's uh, pick up where we left off. Well, with Syracuse, uh, Megan Trainer comes in and has done a terrific job following uh, Gary Gat. Um, I'm going to draw it. Gotti, right? Gary Gate. Sorry, Gary Gate. Uh, you going transition? You know what's happened? My Italian, my Italian is yeah. starting to rub off yes, on it's you. Worn off. And now you're talking about it has. cats. It's worn off. Gatti. Yeah. Legatti. Gats. Yeah. No. Um, I'm, no. You, your Italian is clearly wearing off on me. I can tell. Um, yeah, Gary Gate, who, who pivoted from women's to men's. Megan came in, did a uh, – Megan. Kayla trainer, right? Huh. Uh, came in and did, Hey, wait a minute. You know what's happened? terrific job. That guy that sent you the tweet that must have been half lit – with the bourbon that was still left over in the Devin Leary Cup, I think you've gotten your hands on that. What, what's wrong with you over there? Are you that so, shaken anyway, up that Mark Williams from Duke's going to be a Charlotte Hornet and coming down to Atlanta to wreck your party? Is that what's going on here? No, because AJ, no, because AJ Griffin's a hawk. Um, all right, so what she's done in her first year at Syracuse gives you buoy to hope that Syracuse, along with North Carolina and Boston College are going to be three of the big contenders for national championships next year. So when you talk about Syracuse, we're going to pin in uh, women's lacrosse here. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Can't argue. Cannot. There you go. All legit. And again, this is a team yep. that – and this is a sport. I've emphasized this for a lot of folks in the ACC that don't get it. At Syracuse – this is a sport that's discussed 24-7, 365. It is important, both the men and the women. It's got a great tradition. It's got a great history. They draw a ton of people. They recruit a ridiculous rate. It's a sport that matters. And so for a lot of folks, they go, ah, Sam, lacrosse, or yeah, whatever. Uh-uh. Wrong answer. Not at Syracuse, it's not. It's a big deal at Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest, men's and women's golf pack. Pretty simple, right? The defenders? Why not? not? Both of them. Um, And oh, by the way, uh, I'm going to have the same question with you as I did with NC State and football. Hey, Wake Forest, I know before y'all go crazy and go, wait a minute now, what's Pac talking about? Well, Wake Forest could be one of those teams, too, going to get a lot of preseason top 10, top 15 love. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Just saying. 
Yeah. A lot of people back. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, see there, how that plays out. And, and Wes, you know what? There will be a pressure on the folks in Switzerland, unlike that what they've experienced for a maybe forever uh, in terms of, hey, now that you go win 11 games, you go win the Gator Bowl, you go play for an ACC championship, you start telling me about, hey, you got 100% of your offensive team returning. You got a star quarterback. Uh, you got a team that's going to score a gazillion points. There will be a different air that they live in. I mean, that's a different pressure right. at Wake Forest, much like at NC State. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's been a while when you start talking about those kind of stories and expectations heading into a football season. So, would it be crazy yep. to think that Wake Forest could get to the college football playoff? Eh, you may think so. But, you know, there were a lot of people last year that had no idea. Well, how's this Wake Forest? Hey, Dave Clawson's been winning a bunch of games at Wake Forest now, back to back to back to back. I mean, mm-hmm. going to a bowl now is like an automatic in Winston-Salem. Hey, that's never go. been the case. So I'm just saying, keep an eye on yeah. the Deeks. All right, we'll get to the Coastal and Notre Dame coming up, by the way. Um, and uh, on the other side, Adam Rittenberg joins us to start the 8 o'clock hour live from uh, from Chicagoland. Looking forward to those conversations as it relates to football and futures. And, you know, how does he project where NC State and Wake Forest and Clemson Along with Pittsburgh. I, I mean, if you see a top 25 coming, how does this work? And what passes maybe he found along the way? Well, Miami too, right? That Canes question. are going to be in the top 25. You know the Tigers are going to be there. And the Wolfpack. Adam Rittenberg joins us next. Packer and Durham's Hour 2 on a Friday. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.